Are you ready for some high adventure coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network? This is an Adventureland Media Production. The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Nineteen forty-three. The world has gone to war on two fronts. The fates of nations have been thrown into the winds of history. In Southern California, a team of ex-flying Tiger pilots have come together as a request from the President of the United States. Their job: to use their special military skills to protect the American people from all enemies, foreign and domestic. Together, they are the terrors of the skies. This is the story of the Lost Tigers. Adventureland Media presents the Lost Tigers and the Shadow of Evil. Tonight's episode: the China Chief. Afternoon finds us in the small hangar of the Great Cat Flight School at the Long Beach Army Airfield, under the cool spring sun. The chief mechanic of the Angel Squadron inspects the team's aircraft. Her green coveralls peeled down to her waist to show off her Irish curves. Major Sin, one of her two closest friends, follows her around the shop, questioning her about her knowledge of the Chinese artifact recovered in San Pedro the day before. Let's listen in. You know, other than the information that Professor Dunford gave us in his report to AWOL, we haven't been able to make heads or tails of that key we found. You mind taking a look at that thing? I already have. I just haven't seen you till now. I have a lot of work to do on these birds, though. They look like there's nothing wrong with them to me. That's because you're not an expert on aviation geometry, airflow, and construction. I am. No, no, no! How many times have I told you the right tool for the right job? Yes, boss. And you, this one goes here, that one goes there, right? I've I've known you for over two years now, Bang. Quit quit avoiding the subject. I know you can speak every dialect of Chinese. You can also speak Japanese and a little Russian besides. But your knowledge of Asian history and culture dwarfs everything you know about airplanes. So, what did you discover about the key? I looked at the key. Not much to tell other than it's a thousand years old from the Song Dynasty. And it looks like the kind of device used to access other sacred places. Places seldom seen in Mother China these days. Well, what kind of places? Places of service. To Buddha, to the Tao, to the beauty of life. Not to a tomb like you thought. Do you believe any of this story we've been chasing for the last few weeks? Anything is possible under the heavens, my friend. My ancient ancestors invented many things. Most, while Europe still lay in the grip of the Dark Ages. Like woven silk, gunpowder, paper, and the compass. Yeah, I, I know all about that. We also invented the umbrella, the seismograph, phosphorescent paint, the spinning wheel, sliding calipers, 
porcelain, a magic lantern. I, I, I get your point. Wait. What is your point, Miss Lee? That the great machine mentioned in the enemy's intelligence is very possible. If the ancients believed that a special invention can keep the Emperor's forces arrive on foreign soil, it would explain why the key is not intended for a tomb, and that the Emperor and the Germans believe that there are forces here that can be brought to the surface. Otherwise, why would they have mentioned it at all? So, do you really believe a huge fleet of ships came to these shores long ago? Because I've never heard of it. That's because you Americans do not like the idea, and you haven't seen any proof. In my homeland, every child has heard the stories of the trips to Fusang. Fusang. Hmm. You know, I've heard that before somewhere. That's what this unknown continent was called by the Chinese. Long ago. Well, I'm once again impressed with your wisdom, Chief. I knew there was information to be gleaned that Dr. Dunford would never know just from looking at the key itself. There are many revered elders in Chinatown. I must ask them what they make of this. What are you doing with that? The ammo goes in that end. <laughs> uh, Chief really keeps those boys on the ball. I'm afraid to cross her. She's small but two-fisted. God admire those redheads. You know, I've worked with some really eccentric people before. People like you, Ned. But you know, this girl is just as invaluable to us today as she was back when we were in the American Volunteer Group. I I don't know. I, I would trust her with my life. Hell, I have. And so have I. I'll never forget the circumstances that brought her into our lives. Remember that? Travel back with us now, dear listener, two years earlier, to 1941. Night had fallen, dark and heavy with tropical heat on the tilled rice fields just outside the Kaida Aerodrome in southern Burma. The main street rumbled day and night with trucks bound for Laisho, while the railroad thundered with freight for the Burma Road. The narrow streets of the small village were lined with bamboo shops, huts, liquor stores, and the occasional British home. Two figures passed a huge Buddhist pagoda at the edge of the road, bowing to their pair of Burmese lion statues standing guard, laughing at the stars. In the dark, it wasn't difficult to tell that the two were drunk, American, and riding atop stolen water buffaloes. <laughs> I mean, we'll never live it down. <laughs> I, I, I think the base is that way. Uh, I don't know. Look, look. This. Hey, wait. But sign right there says Los Angeles, Los Angeles city limits. <laughs> I didn't pretty, know we were that close. Pretty funny. <laughs> you, you, you know, buddy, this is exact the kind of thing that Brits yeah. hate us with. That's so true. Was the way you know we get to dress. No regulations under the old man Ooh. as long as we have some kind of military decorum <laughs> and get the job done <laughs> you know old Blackburn over there he wears an old West Style ammo belt pistol 
cowboy hat like John Wayne. Well, Pilgrim, <laughs> half our clothes are British anyway. Bush jackets, Bombay piss helmets, uh, and as long as the green British socks. Yeah. yeah. You mean hose? No. <laughs> I still contend hose is what those dames wear. I need the skirt back home. I'm with you. That's so true. Uh, yeah, you know, that, that's a few of the reasons, my man. That's a few of the reasons <laughs> that the British should be court martialed for doing half the stuff we get away with. I mean, long yeah. as we can fly in the morning, we're going. Yeah, am I right? That's right. right. That's true. You know what, though? You're right. You're right. And I'm, am I right? You're right. You're, you're right. right. You're right. Am I right? But you know what? There are women like us, too. I think that's part of it. Because, you know, they don't mind going out with us most nights. I guess uh, we're not so uptight as their old countrymen. <laughs> <laughs> you got another one? You know, that telephone pole just jumped right out at you. Didn't you, didn't you see that? <laughs> like, like Bob and Quill with a 22 with the kids all up in Napa Valley. Like when we were young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, those were the times, buddy. Except for my mom making us pick prunes all day down by cutting dwarf. My fingers were bleeding. Hey. Remember the derelict steamships we used to play on down there? Oh, you mean the, what was that called? The Cabrillo? Yeah. That that old girl has been stuck in the mud in Napa <laughs> River Delta true. for ages. I used to prop my bicycle wheel up in the old steering mount pretending yep. I would mock way. We know the river. Okay. What about all those afternoons catching sunfish and crawdads in Con Creek? Remember that? Yeah. Or hiding from the that. Sheriff Frankham and Old Bell Gristmill? Mm-hmm. <laughs> those were fun times. Yeah, those were rotten back then. <laughs> oh, we, I mean, we were rotten back then. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> what, what happened to those sweet kids we once were? War happened to those kids. Oh, that would do it. Hey, uh, do you think maybe we should give these buffalo back? About pour the nose ring out of this one. <laughs> nah. W- what would be the fun in that? I mean, hey, sounds like a plane's coming in. I hear, I hear that. Out of petrol, sounds like. Coming on over the, the rice paddy? The stubby monoplane came in at a low angle against the starry sky, just missing the thatched rooftops of the village beyond. It's, uh, what is that? It's uh, Chinese Air Force. I, I can see the 12-pointed star in the wing. Yeah. Rooster Buffalo. The small aircraft hurtled past the two mounted pilots so low that they could feel the prop wash and promptly crashed on the muddy roadside rice paddy behind them. Oh, he's down. Let's go see if we can help, buddy. All right. The two pilots hurriedly nudged their animals to the crash site to find the wreck on fire. One of its stubby wings shorn off. Oh my gosh, he's on fire. Let's get him out of there, quick! They tore off the shattered glass canopy, popped the restraints, and pulled the pilot from the smoking cockpit. He wore the jumpsuit of a mechanic and hung length in their grasp. Sit him down over Uh-oh. here. Out, out of the water. Oh. It, it, it's okay, buddy. You're okay. You're okay now. Here, quick, get his fly helmet off. Something's not right here. Hey, this this pilot is no he. What? It's a dame. It, it, she's coming around. Yeah. L- l- look at all that red hair. Why? Why is she flying a Chinese airplane and wearing a Chinese flight suit? You know, I don't know, Gunny. I'm not surprised. She crashed, though. The Chinese Air Force is using a lot of outdated planes like these. 
really don't think she's a pilot, though. Hey, kid, you okay? Why? Why? Uh, I'm guessing it's been lack of fuel there, doll. No! Why did you pull me out? Can't just let you die. We're all in the same Air Force, even if we are from different countries. Why don't you just bail out? No! You don't understand! I don't want you to live! What are you talking about? It's all my fault. The Italian transport carrying my mother and brother went down on the border due to mechanical failure. All aboard were killed. I was crew chief on that plane. I will never forgive myself. Accidents happen, young lady. Listen, we weren't going to just let you fly yourself into oblivion and no. not try to help. We need every able body if we're going to make a dent in this nasty occupation. Americans, you're not even in this war yet. While Japan, Italy, and Germany swallow the earth, you all stand by and do nothing. Who just yanked you out of a blazing bird, I wonder? Who are you? What are you doing here and riding water buffalo? Ours didn't burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> We're members of the American Volunteer Group flying Lend-Lease planes against your enemy for your theater operation. I had no idea such group existed. How many Americans are here? Fifty pilots, ground crew, and staff. So many. Wow. Not enough to stem the tide of the invasion, I think. It's Sunday. You won't be able to go back to your unit for a bit. We can take you on our huge... Come on, jump on up here. What about the plane? We'll send a fire suppression unit to recover your plane. He means a Burmese bucket brigade and maybe a flatbed truck for the Brewster. Well, yeah, let's go. <laughs> the two mounted riders arrived on the edge of their old British training field with their charge an hour later. The landing strip was crowded with the dark shapes of fighter aircraft. The glow of lamplight drew them on like a beacon. Yep, this is it. This is the home of the Hell's Angels. Until we get moved to China proper. Hell's Angels? Our unit name, 3rd Squadron. Is that her painted on the side of those aircraft? The red woman with the wings and halo? That's our girl. Nice ships, too. What autos? We don't have anything like that in our aerodrome or anywhere in the CAF. Y yes, you do. We are in the CAF. Same as you. Those are P-40 Tomahawks, originally bound for the RAF in England. Roosevelt had them rerouted here to the docks in Rangoon and assembled with the help of villagers and elephants. However, we had to patch them up with salvage parts. The, the engines don't meet army specs, and we're using civilian radios scrounged from the British supplies. Well, when we first got them, there were no guns in them. See, you'll like it here. Our guys are a bunch of hard-drinking, yeah. poker-playing, rough-and-tough <laughs> gentlemen who live in on, on pancakes and baseball. That's for sure. What about those airplanes on the other side of the field? Blenheim bombers of number 60 squadron. They belong to the RAF. Yep. Even the Brits hate them. I, I hear they're getting hurricanes soon. Hawker hurricanes, no doubt. Oh. As they approached the aerodrome, the young Chinese woman could make out the welcome shapes of the small control tower, hangars, and office buildings of the Royal Air Force. But the Americans rode past toward the long, low barracks visible a mile further on. Is that where you guys live? Yep. Home sweet home. 
if you like the great outdoors. And mosquitoes as big as this water yeah, buffalo. That's for sure. Sorry, girl. How do you know that's a girl, Gunny? Did you look underneath? <laughs> Let's just assume. I, I was just a little tipsy, okay? You guys are very funny. I like you already. Well, that's good. You might be staying with us here for a while, so um, it'll be good for the boys to have a good-looking woman in the ranks, <laughs> other than the nurses. Yeah. They approached the barracks, and the young woman looked at the Asian-style thatched roofs, teak, and bamboo shelters with trepidation. There were no interior walls, and the exterior was open to the eaves with no screens behind a wraparound veranda. The lamp-lit space was filled with lounging men in various states of dress, playing chess, smoking, and sleeping under mosquito nets and slowly spinning ceiling fans. You men live here? It's sweaty and kind of open to elements, but hey, it keeps the monsoon rains off. I always wanted to have a place like this growing up. Now, you know, I read all those books by Rudyard Kipling, E.M. Forrester, and William Blake growing up. Oh, God, don't start with what? that poem again. That's good stuff, pal kind of sobering, too. You know, it really represents the terrors and the mysteries of this part of the world. What poem? Oh, boy. Tiger, tiger, burning bright, in the jungles of the night, what immortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? Okay, that's uh, enough. Don't get him started. I like it. Good. I think we'll get along just fine. Okay, here we go. Up inside with you, my friend. Let's have the medic look you over. That was a hell of a crash. The sign says, "In His Majesty's service." And uh, don't don't pay attention to that. It was up there over the door when we got here. Wow, this coffee tastes like dirt. It should be. It was brown this morning. Hey, boys, look it. We brought a guest. What is she doing here? Get lost heading back to your big fancy English plantation house? Lay off, Mac. You know, we pulled her out of a burning brewster in a rice paddy. Tough girl, this one. Might mm. be staying here a while. She looks British, but she's Chinese on the inside. Hey, boys, listen up. Something has happened. Take you now to Washington. The details are not available. They will be in a few minutes. The White House is now giving out a statement. The attack apparently was made on all naval and on naval and military activities on the principal island of Oahu. The president's brief statement was read to reporters by Stephen Early, the president's secretary. A Japanese attack upon Pearl Harbor naturally would mean war. Such an attack would naturally bring a counterattack. Thus, we have official announcements from the White House that Japanese airplanes have attacked Pearl Harbor in Hawaii and have now attacked Army and Navy bases in Manila. Oh, my God. All those poor boys. You know, I was half expecting this. Well, I guess you're staying with us after all, kid. Kid, we can't keep calling you that. No. What's your name, anyway? Fang Lee. It means Phoenix in Mandarin. But I usually go by Bang. It's much easier for people to swallow. Fang Lee. Master mechanic, cook, and sometimes pilot. Lee, huh? That's an uncommon name. 
I've only met a hundred Lee so far. <laughs> well, Bang, looks like you're going to be with us for a while. Here, have a cool. I can help fix those P40s of yours out there. I've been fixing things for a long time. I worked for Pan Am in the Philippines for years, and the 13th Squadron for the Republic of China Air before that. Hey, uh, you know, we lost our mechanics uh, on the Burma Road last week. Mm -hmm. All of them. Yeah. We only had two armors and a prop specialist. Want to work for us? I'm sure Chanel can get the transfer approved, especially now that we're at war. I don't know. We saved your life. You owe us. The truth is, from this point on, we all may be losing our loved ones. Mm -hmm. We will share your pain, Miss Lee. And thus began the relationship that would define the Flying Tigers in Burma, China, and Los Angeles for good. Back to our own time in busy Los Angeles, our heroes share an impromptu meeting over dinner at Lao She's restaurant on Hill Street. The flickering light of the colorful paper lanterns illuminate the group as they talked. The elders who talk in Chinatown say they know of someone who say they may be able to help us with information about the tomb everyone is looking for. They say she's part of an ancient ancestral sisterhood who have kept the information secret for many generations. But she's been in hiding. Where is this woman? They would not say exactly. I think that no one knows for sure. She's traditionally called the Daughter of Shadows. She is rumored to be employed at the Arrowhead Springs Hotel up in Lake Arrowhead. In, in the San Bernardino Mountains? I climbed Mount San Jacinto with my dad there when I was younger. I know the area fairly well. That's what I was told, that she could be found up there. Somewhere. So, do you want to go on a mission, Bang? Really? Yes, as long as you don't get into combat, we can get you a loner from the ferrying command. Not much chance for danger at 5,000 feet in high country. Okay, I will go find the mysterious lady. Thanks, dear. We'll miss you around here, but I'm sure your boys can fill in for a few days. I'll let Catherine know you won't be driving her around for a few days either. I will go. I won't let you down. Good. I'll make all the arrangements. A few hours later, the young Chinese chief mechanic took to the skies in an old Northrop Gamma monoplane and flew northeast toward the high alpine mountain range above San Bernardino. In an hour, she found herself soaring at 3,000 feet, just short of the timberline. With pine trees and patches of spring snow passing below her, she knew the famed hotel was not actually up at Lake Arrowhead itself, but rather on the low hillsides just north of San Bernardino. Loud bang to base. I can see the lake just ahead at the one o'clock position. How do I find a hotel? Look for a huge formation in the shape of a downward pointing arrowhead on the side of the mountain just before you get to the lake. It can't be seen for miles. I see it. Wow. That's what the lake is named after, I guess? Yeah, but the lake sits up a bit higher. Well, who put that there? It's natural. The Indians used it as a guide long ago. They say it points to the cave secret hot springs below. Turns out, it does. A group of Hollywood movie stars got together and built a glamorous hotel on the site, so they had a nice retreat for the rich and famous. Kissimmee Kate would love that. 
That's your destination. There's a small airstrip a couple miles north of the lake. I see the airstrip. I'm going in. Oh, by the way, a lady from the hotel will be picking you up and taking you down to the resort. Her name is Sarah. She's a manager there. Hell, she's been running the place since it was built. Okay. Any idea who this dragon lady is? That's up to you to find out, Miss Lee. Good luck. The young pilot angled her small plane down over the rolling hillsides, clearing the pines and landing cleanly on the dusty landing field. She swung around and taxied across the grass to the small shack and tower that served the small airport. As the propeller wound down, she saw a pretty brunette waiting for her near a beautiful green packard. She jumped out of the shiny silver loner plane, grabbed her small suitcase, and went to meet the hotel manager. Sarah was surprised when her Chinese visitor pulled off her flight helmet. Her visitor from Los Angeles was certainly not what she expected. Sarah drove her down the dusty road leading to the resort, past the arched rock gate and Indian statue, a spewing geyser, around a steaming pond before climbing the hill to the Arrowhead Springs Hotel. It was perched on the hillside above them, surrounded by palm trees and steam caves like a wedding cake, beautiful in the late afternoon sun. As they pulled up in front of the Georgian-style entrance, Feng was struck by the beauty of the stately white U-shaped six-story Art Deco Palace. Inside, she was met by Dorman in bright green and red uniforms who took her luggage and disappeared. The young woman had never seen anything so grand. Welcome to the gathering place of the stars, Miss Lee. We've been waiting for you. The penthouse suite on the top floor has been paid for. Dinner will be served down the hall and to the right in the crystal dining room, promptly at six. You're a very lucky young lady. Judy Garland and Humphrey Bogart are here today as well, and a crew is shooting scenes at the Esther Williams pool next door. Swell! If you would like to visit the natural 200-degree steam caves, just press the down button in the elevator. We placed a robe and a swimsuit on your bed. The Arrowhead pool outside is open. We also have mud baths, a cinema down the hall to the left, ballrooms, tennis courts, and a golf course. Please feel free to ask for any assistance you might need. We don't get many of your kind up here. You mean Asian? Oh, pardon me, miss. I thought you were American when I saw you climb out of that plane, especially with that wild Irish mane. But when I hear you speak, I realized you weren't raised here. No matter. No, by your kind, I actually meant government types. Mostly it's the rich and famous who use the hotel's 150 rooms up here. The bungalows next door are owned by movie stars who frequent the place. The First Lady Eleanor Roosevelt has her own out back. However, with the war on, we see fewer and fewer stars these days. Nobody wants to appear to be spending too much money when our boys are struggling so much overseas. Pardon, I really just came here to find someone. Yes, that's what I understand. May I be of assistance? Maybe. I'm looking for a Chinese woman in her mid-thirties, working somewhere in the grounds, perhaps? We have a housekeeping staff of many nationalities. It is difficult to get a job in these outlying areas these days. I understand this woman came here from Chinatown long ago. Her mother worked on the crews that built the Lake Arrowhead Dam on the railroad. We have about a dozen women who fit that bill on our staff. Unfortunately, all are currently on duty. 
We may be able to arrange a meeting at the end of their shift. Sounds good. The elevator is on the right here. Please follow me this way to your room, miss. And if there's anything else you need, please feel free to call down to the desk. Miss Lee dressed up in her finest, a beautiful red silk dress given to her by Kate, and made her way to the hotel's famed crystal room dining area. The place was more beautiful than any Chinese warlord's palace. It was decorated with massive light fixtures, black lacquered cabinets, and pale green accents. There was a lot of celebrities in attendance. May I take your order? Hmm? Do you have any lo mein? <laughs> This is a high-class establishment, Miss Lee, not some Su Chow hovel on Hill Street. You should try the veal and nice Merlot wine. Gunny says to drink Chardonnay with Oso Buco. I'm impressed. He's the wine expert, I suppose. Nice Mandarin dress you have there. Someday I'll teach you how to dress as if you were a movie star, like me. Miss Easter? What brings a chief mechanic to a rich resort reserved for the elite? Miss Fury put you up to it? I'm looking for someone. If you're referring to the mysterious Daughter of the Shadows, I've already questioned the current staff. Quietly, of course. How did you know the reason I was here? AWOL told me. I thought I would drive up the mountain and see what I can do. Being a member of the Free French has its advantages. I thought you said you were British. Gunny thinks you're a spy. I am a spy, for the good guy. You look very beautiful in that long black gown. It really shows off your big, uh... I thank you, Miss Ling. It's good to see you outside of the Long Beach hangar in civilian clothes. The red silk really shows off your freckles. I see a lot of potential. Glad they gave you your own mission, too. Thank you, Miss Easter. May I sit with you? Please. But I must tell you, I really don't feel comfortable sitting next to someone who looks like Jane Russell. Oh, come now. Relax. Think of me as a long-lost sister. A sister whom you can share secrets. I don't have any secrets I can share with you, Miss Easter. You can call me Easter. What makes you think I'm here to try to pump you for information? So sorry. I mean no offense to you. I was raised in an environment where a spilled secret can get you killed. Communists against nationalists. I hope you understand. I see. I'm sorry. You seem like a nice lady, but I don't know anything yet. I understand. How about some good company, then? I like to hear all about your fellow lost tigers. They seem like brave gents to me. And if possible, I'd really like to hear all about your knowledge of the Chinese mariners who visited these shores so long ago. We are allies, after all. I'm tired from my fight up here. Maybe tomorrow we can talk. Oh, you flew? Yes. I borrowed a plane and used the airfield on the other side of the lake. Very nice. Must be great to have planes you can use whenever you want. Let's just... Listen to the band and drink some wine and see what kind of fun two girls can have in the mountains. After dinner, Bang headed up to her room, walking Easter down the hall. With the now tipsy Easter at her side, she stopped in front of the suite Sarah had arranged for her. 
She was tired and was anxious to get out of her fancy dress clothing, high heels, and into something more comfortable, like a loose Tai Chi suit. Glamour was not all the fun it was hoped for. Good night, Bang. If you see this dragon lady, you will ring me, won't you? If you know find her, I know find her. We'll see. Enjoy your stay, my young friend, and if you want some decent company later, I'll be in room 601. You can get a hold of me at any time if you need some girl time. As she unlocked the door to her spacious suite, a mysterious woman stepped out of the shadows into the pale light of the hallway lamps. Dressed in the uniform of a hotel maid, she knew instantly it was a dragon lady. The daughter of the shadows. Nihao, are you from Los Angeles? One of the Angel Squadron? Yes, my name is... I know who you are, Miss Lee. I'm surprised. You look Chinese, sound Chinese, but you're European. It's a long story. I understand. I trust you. I want to meet you, but not here on hotel grounds. At dawn, go down to the lake and meet me at the boat dock. I knew you'd be coming. I will not hand over the secret to anyone but you. Better the tomb be found by a daughter of Imperial China than fall into the hands of those who threaten world peace. Can you tell me- Be on the dock at dawn. We'll talk then. Good night. Before sunup, the young mechanic rose, dressed in warm clothes, and quietly left the hotel. A long drive up the mountain in the chilling morning awoke her senses as she reached the shore of the man-made Alpine Lake. She waited for an hour in the silence near the boat dock, peering with fright into the gloom of the surrounding forest. Uh, it's really cold out here this time of morning. It's freezing down to my fortune cookie. It is so dark. I wonder if there are any bears in these woods. No bears in this part of the forest, Miss Lee. Just ghosts of times past. Memories of glory's past. Oh, good morning, dragon lady. Ha, that's a good name for me. Best all you know. Who are you? The last in a long line of women whose duty it is to guard the secret of a long forgotten expedition. So there was a discovery of America's before Columbus after all. Yes. Come, let me show you something. She led the mechanic through the trees where she parted the underbrush to reveal a tunnel carved into the hillside. It was covered by a huge wooden door. The dragon lady removed an old-fashioned key and unlocked the door. Inside, she led her guests downward into the dark tunnel. Once clear of the entrance, she lit a small kerosene lantern and held it aloft. In the 1800s, Chinese workers dug a series of tunnels through these mountains connecting the Arrowhead to the valley below for water flow. After the construction was complete, the tunnels were sealed up, all but this one. My mother decided to move the contents of all the knowledge of her sisterhood here to safekeeping. Well, here. She raised the lantern and she saw before her a great horde of scrolls. They were rolled tightly in leather, stack upon stack, from floor to ceiling along the back wall. 
Bang knew the wisdom of ages lay in those hallowed archives. Impressive. But you should have this information out there for all descendants daughters of China to see. Why hide it up here? This information is pertinent only to the story I'm about to tell you. It is a record of every person from then to now that has participated in the long journey to these shores and the people who lived the tale. I am the last of the sisterhood, called the Daughters of the Shadows. I will tell you the truth. thousand years ago, the emperor of the Song dynasty, Hua Zong, read the written account of an old monk, Hua Shen, who returned to China claiming to have spent 40 years in the land of Fu Sang. He sent an expedition of discovery east across the Great Sea, looking for trade. He read of the gold wealth found there by the explorers of the Shang dynasty a thousand years earlier. His fleet admiral, Zhang, was a mariner, explorer, and diplomat who commanded the huge fleet. Some of the ships were 450 feet long, the size of a football field, with 13 sails and rooms for hundreds of people. Smaller supply vessels were still half that length, and troop ships slightly smaller. That's five times bigger than the craft used by Columbus to cross the smaller Atlantic decades later. The fleet was a self-supporting city at sea. There were sailors, craftsmen, soldiers, and support crew, 10,000 strong and over 40 ships. have traversed more than 50,000 li of open water spaces. We heard great mountain waves rising to the sky and bright sun-filled heavens. And now that we have set our eyes upon the new barbarian regions of Fusang, our great journey is in peril. This storm is going to catch us before we meet the shores of that desert basin beyond. Let us hope that we will survive. Upon reaching the coast of North America, they encountered a great storm, which sank or beached most of the ships in the fleet. They came ashore in mass, a shattered expedition of men and women deprived of food, supplies, and any hope of getting home. All they found was a vast desert plain of chaparral and the occasional oak trees, ringed by high snow-capped mountain ranges. The native Chumash did not welcome the massive sudden civilization arriving in their midst. The explorers began to dwindle from a lack of food as their sheer numbers overwhelmed the local food supply. They became known as the Yin Ying, the shadows, 
and the Admiral began to fear for the lives of his surviving people. His top general, Ming, knew there was a mechanical genius among the people, a famous mathematical wizard by the name of Su, who is said could manipulate the five elements using polymath principles he had developed years earlier for other mechanisms. He devised a massive machine that could use the power of nature itself to keep the whole group safe, while Admiral Zhang took all the remaining survivors he could carry and sailed back to China. Once there, he vowed to petition the emperor to bring his people home. Zhang ordered the construction of a huge underground bunker and built the great machine out of parts from the broken fleet. Heels became the rims of huge wheels, and anchor chains were turned into drive belts to create a self-perpetuating power source that would bend reality and keep the city in stasis forever. On the day of the internment, General Ming of the Imperial Army sent thousands down into the pit to await the day of rescue. Once all of the soldiers had been secured below, the remaining Chinese, mostly sailors, women, and the elderly, moved to the smaller ships with the Admiral, where they would sail off for home. A young Chinese lady came down to the beach to bid goodbye to her lover, the general, and took note of the location of the tomb. She knew that when she returned, she would know the exact spot to find it again, and she would be reunited with her love. My love, I am bound by imperial decree to lead my troops at all times, through all endeavors ordered by the admiral. If that means sealing myself up in that hole for a while, I will do it. The soldiers below deserve no less. Surely somebody of lower rank could remain behind. The Emperor will need you at home to protect the dynasty from the Jin Horde. Sail back with me at my side, my love. My sweet noble Lin, I must obey the dictates of my commanders. Orders are orders. I do not want to go down to that tomb either. Please don't call it that. It's not a tomb. It's a vault. A temporary vault. You're not going to die. No, I'm not going to die, dear Lin. And yes, we will call it a vault. Nevertheless, orders are orders. I would ask no less of my men. Besides, there's barely enough food and water for the few who are returning to the land of our birth. Acorn meal, venison, and fish are no substitute for good Chinese supplies on such a long voyage. <laughs> You certainly are a spoiled child of the court, my young Lin. Listen, you will survive and return for me. Your face is the first I expect to see when I awake. No matter how long I must wait, I will be in your arms again. Yes, but after how many years? I cannot bear it. Please, I'll do anything. Don't do this. Hold me, my love. It matters not how long. I will love you until the day you come for me. Then for a thousand generations after, you are worth more treasures than this new continent could ever supply. Worth more than, than 50 million lives of the Empire. Worth more than every grain of sand on this earth to me. I will return for you, my sweet general. I will retain the location of this underground temple for as long as it takes even if that is as many years hence. I believe it is, my love. I will look for you when rise again. My heart is broken, Lord. 
Nevertheless, the Admiral's watching us. It is time for you to go down. No more crying, then. I will look upon your face again soon, and it will be like the sunlight in my eyes once again. The two embraced, and the general in the black armor strode with pride down the ramp into the tomb without looking back. Immediately, the admiral's men began to bury the entrance beneath the California desert. In time, it would look as if it had never existed. Is it sealed? Hmm, yes, admiral. The entrance is completely covered in disguise. Three devices seal off the people from discovery or disturbance till you see fit to return and wake them from their slumber. Is the location marked down so we can come back and find them again in this desert? Yes, Admiral. Give me the key. Here you are, sir. Anyone trying to enter the place of shadows will pay dearly for the intrusion. Only one of the great Song Empire will know how to get past the Quartermaster, the Iris, and the Four Tigers. The power of the Red Dragon will bring our lost back into the fold. Good work, Sue. There are a lot of good and noble people down there. It grieves me that they will remain in this land of Fusang for so long. It could be years before we can return home, construct a new fleet, and return across 20,000 Lee of Water for them. Are you sure they will be all right? I'm taking an awful risk. This had better work. Well, yes, Admiral. I haven't failed yet. Your magic machine better function as promised or there will be no place in the four corners of the world under heaven where you could hide. Oh, it will work as I have designed it, my lord. The, the, the very earth we stand on has all the power required for the perpetual operation of the device. It will keep running for ages untold, if it were to come to that. If the Emperor sees fit to fund a new fleet, that is. This vast plain surrounded by high peaks has not proven to be profitable trade opportunity imagined. There is nothing here but poor natives, distant relatives perhaps, and a lot of brush and dirt. I doubt the Emperor would want to return. Hmm, not the noble empire of stone temples and golden idols we've heard about. Agreed. Let us hope our return is guaranteed by a compassionate mood. He is seldom in a compassionate mood. Careful, wizard. Court favorite or not, you are expendable too. I just constructed a device capable of keeping thousands of our people in stasis forever. No matter how much time passes to them, it will seem like a few hours. That should count for something. It does, at the cost of six months of labor, the loss of a few hundred workers, and the guts of the destroyed Imperial treasure fleet. As long as the multitude of underground wheels continue to turn, the 10,000 will remain as if immortal. I am certain the Imperial Court will allow us to return with a rescue. I will stake my life on it. The rescue never happened. The Emperor thought of the Eastern Expedition as a great failure and refused to fund another. Instead, he sent a new fleet west to trade with Arabia, East Africa, India, and Thailand. The loss of the 10,000 of his best people was thought to be an acceptable event.
The young woman never lost hope that her beloved generals would be rescued from California soil someday. She created a special temple specifically for women to keep the dream alive. The group became a virtual convent of Buddhist nuns whose sole purpose was to eventually free the people trapped below. The clues to the tomb's whereabouts were passed down from keeper to keeper for generations. When the Chinese were recruited to build the infrastructure in California in the 1800s, one of the sisterhood came along. That explains why all the clues were hidden in places where the early Chinese immigrants were present. Like the La Jolla Cave. And this Alpine Lake as well. Now the rare and sacred dragon is yours, Miss Lee. This little statue will open the place of the 10,000 immortals once again. Do not let the enemy of our nation, either nation, possess the power of Sue's great machine, or the use of our beloved forces down there. Oh God, it was my life, great lady. But tell me, where is the tomb located? I don't know for sure. My mother was the keeper of the speakers before me. She retired up here in the San Bernardino 10 years ago, when the celebrities of Hollywood built the hotel. She knew many of the famous and wealthy. Is she still alive? No, she died mysteriously. Some say of poisoning last year. I believe it was agents of the Third Reich trying to learn of the tomb location. They never knew I was her daughter, nor that the task of the tomb's protection fell to me. Did she talk to anyone in particular? She was friends with Bob Hope and Judy Garland, which is how she got a job at the hotel. However, she was particularly fond of the theater mogul, Sid Grauman. Interesting. Here, take this. What is it? It's a small dragon, carved from very rare red jade. This is the key that wakes the troops from their long sleep. Guard it with your life. What are these scrolls? These are poems that give clues to the whereabouts of the Tomb of the Immortals. Beautiful. One has a dragon descending from the clouds. This one holds the poem of the girl who began the sisterhood. Miss Lin Yuan. Far across the eastern sea, my love Chen Ming waits for me. He sleeps beneath the desert rock, guarding ships without a dock. Once again they will be free, once daughters come back from overseas. Which great machine will soon awake and speak at last, fate will take. The force of shadows to rise and seize, the path back home for he and she. Very pretty. This other scroll has a tiger on it. How fitting. That one has coordinates. Memorize it well. I shall not show it to anyone again. The words cannot be read aloud. I think I got it. These scrolls shall be returned to their hiding place in this old cave. Now, let's get outside, Miss Lee. The sun is coming up, and I must get back to look at the hotel. The two emerged into the pale dawn light together, and the mysterious lady locked the tunnel. Once back on shore, Bang had a clear view across the lake. At once, she knew something was wrong. Uh-oh. Looks like a forest fire over there. That is too small to be a forest fire. The column of smoke is narrow and goes straight up. I think it's coming from the area around the airport. The airport? There's only one airplane on the runway. Mine! Think something happened to it? Miss? Miss Dragon Lady? Where are you? She's gone. 
A small figure wearing a leather jacket, fedora, khaki shirt, and gun belt emerged from the darkened pines of the beach and came toward her. For a moment, Bang feared for her life, doubting her decision to leave her gun in the plane. But then as the figure drew nearer, she could see it was a woman. Who are you talking to, Miss Lee? What are you doing out here all by your lonesome? So early in the morning. Who's there? Only your friendly neighborhood adventurers. Never seen a woman with a bullwhip and a handgun before. What are you supposed to be, some kind of lion tamer? I've tamed a few. I got the idea from a lion I tamed in 1939. An archaeologist from Marshall College and an assignment in Italy. By the name of Jones. No digging in the dirt on that assignment. Quite exciting. I'll bet. I'll take the red dragon now, Miss Lee. What dragon? Don't act like a simpleton here, girl. I heard some of what that dragon lady told you. Good. Then you know we have to get it back to base. Awa will want to have his experts figure it out. I will take it to him. I was told to hand it over to my team personally. No. You're going to give it to me. Right now. Agent Easter, what are you doing? I thought you were on our side. A double agent. Who are you working for? I'm working for myself. Now get in the speedboat. I rented it from Lake Arrowhead Yacht Club just so we could go for a ride today. Bitch. The beautiful agent led the chief mechanic at gunpoint down the dock to a beautiful mahogany Chris Craft powerboat. She shoved the woman into the passenger seat and keyed the engine to life. Even though she was taller than Easter, she knew her proficiency with handguns. She kept her hands raised. I knew you were a traitor. Who am I a traitor to? I'm a woman without a nation, a free agent information mercenary. Now sit down and give me the red dragon statue or it will be you who experiences a loud bang. No! She suddenly uncoiled her bullwhip and snapped it tight around Bang's neck. The young woman struggled with the rawhide noose, gagging in the spray from the springtime lake, as the evil woman came seductively close, a sly smile on her face. Very slowly, she reached into Bang's jumpsuit and removed the small, heavy statue from her grip. I'm so sorry it has to be this way, Miss Lee. You could have been the deer and given me the statue. Now my employer will be ahead of you in the game. And I'll be on my way to other adventures. You're gonna be sorry. The sexy agent merely smiled from the shadow of her fedora and sensually removed the bullwhip from around her captive's throat while holding the cold barrel of her British pistol against her temple. She slipped the dragon into her shoulder bag and stood back. Hope you can fly without the use of your plane. I had a great time blowing it to kingdom come. So long, Miss Lee, and thanks for all your help. Bang looked up at her, rubbing her neck, and the agent smiled with an evil twinkle in her eye. Then, in one swift move, kicked Bang over the side into the frigid 44-degree water of Lake Arrowhead. She surfaced in the snow-melt-fed water in shock and watched Easter drive away with her prize. Her first mission was turning out to be a failure. Great. Now what am I going to do? I'm stuck out here in the middle of the lake. Can't feel my legs. I don't think I'll make it to shore before I freeze.
In the dawn sky above the alpine lake, Bang heard the sound of a twin-engine plane winging low over the lake. She waved her arms in desperation, hoping the pilot might see her in the morning darkness and send a boat. Hello? Help! Help! Please send help! I'm here! Beyond all hopes, the aircraft began working its way down toward her, its wings wagging. The young mechanic recognized the white boat-like hull and its red stripe. It was the goose. Oh my goodness! Miss Fury! I'm here! The big amphibious plane roared down to land on the dark surface of the lake and drew up even with bang. The wing passed over her and she saw the side hatch pop open. Old Ned's round glasses and gray mustache smiled out at her from the warm cargo compartment. The old Brit stretched out his hand. Bang! Grab hold! Excellent! Christ, girl, are you all right? I am now. You came just in time. It was Kate's idea. She thought you might need some backup. Say hello! I couldn't stomach the idea of losing my chauffeur. Climb in, Miss Lee. We'll get you back to the base in no time. I have some hot tea for you. Brace yourself. This bird's taking off. What happened? How did you get dumped in the drink? Agent Easter happened. She has the information, too. And she took the red dragon we need to access the tomb. Figured that bitch was no good. Oh, just a little setback, girl. Here, have a seat. Thanks, Marie. I have all the information here up in my coconut. Huh, jolly good. Let's go home. A few hours later, found the intrepid mechanic in front of her favorite restaurant, Lao Che Lounge, in Central Plaza. When she was troubled, she would go there to practice the art of Tai Chi with the elders. She found the slow-moving exercise comforting after the events of the long day. A beautiful green Graham Hollywood automobile pulled up on the curb, and the major climbed out and approached her cautiously. The older Chinese people working out with her smiled. They knew the ex-AVG pilot well. Minnie slapped the bloodshed patch on the back of his leather jacket and thanks before breaking up and moving off into the gathering dusk. Well, hi, Feng. I like it when people call me by my real name. Doing a little Tai Chi, I see. This is the ultimate exercise. It works every part of the body. When was the last time you tried it? Probably a couple of years back when I was stuck in the little village in Sichuan province. Ever tell you about that? My plane went down in the rice paddies and the villagers hid me from the Japanese troops. I learned how to do it from some wise old man I met there. He told me I could use it to fight too if I sped it up. Kind of like a soft martial art, I guess. It's true. You just have to speed up the movements, like so. Whoa, whoa, whoa there. Everybody's looking. Hi, hi there. Hi, everybody. Nothing to see here. <laughs> I just go back to your Gao games. There you go. Will. I must tell you, I have told the elders about the tomb, but none of them have heard of it. However, many have knowledge of the great admiral's fleet in the South China Sea. They want to do something. Can you tell me what their plan is if this whole thing turns out to be true? 
they stand ready to help us. If the clues suggest there are ancient warriors coming forth to assist the Axis powers, they do not want that. Nor do they want to see the mariners, merchants, and infantry of our forefathers to harm their new adopted country. What exactly are you saying, Bang? If the time comes, you will have a small army of my people to help you try and stop the shadows. Well, how will they know if we need their help? Who's going to tell them? They always know what's going on. They will simply appear at the hour of need. I knew bringing you over here was a good idea. <laughs> you brought me here because I'm the best. Well, pack it up, young lady. We're going to go hunting. Tomb hunting. Stay tuned next time as the Lost Tigers are called upon to locate the Tomb of the Shadows and stop the enemy from using them for evil. Remember, now is the time to join the fight. Whenever the enemy threatens our freedom, wherever liberty lies in the shadows, however difficult the mission, the Lost Tigers will be there. The Lost Tigers, The Shadow of Evil is a non-profit production and a fan fiction. A celebration of all the writings, films, and audio of great adventurers throughout time. All music and sound effects belong to their originators. No copyright infringing claims are intended. This Adventureland Media production was created by Alan Douglas and Renee Garcia. Written by Alan Douglas. Directed by Renee Garcia. Vocal effects, mixing, and music by Alan Douglas. Final show mixing by Ryan Osterman. Opening music by royaltyfreemusic.com. Special thanks to associate producers Ian Branson and Brian Kinoshita. Thanks to Kevin Garcia for art design. This Lost Tigers radio drama featured the voice talents of... Steven Tyler as the narrator, Brian Kinoshita as Mr. Awall, Pilot 2 and 3, and Admiral Zhang, Renee Garcia as Gunny Garcia, Alan Douglas as Major Will, Jennifer Grafton as Kissimmee Kate, Hussein Urbina as Flight Control, Michelle Ferry as Agent Easter, Dan Shippey as Shrunken Head Ned, Jason Sasaki as Colonel Sato, Rachel Fewings as Loud Bang. Elisa Duanputra as the Dragon Lady. Sarah Farmer as the Hotel Manager. Sean Young as Susong the Inventor. Valerie Liu as Lin. Tony Quinn as the Hotel Waiter. Joe Hernandez as General Ning. If you are enjoying this old-time serial drama, come to our official website and see what all the excitement is about. There you'll find all of our podcast information, character blogs, bloopers, etc. We are also on Facebook and Twitter. Tell your friends. For more information, visit AdventurelandMedia.com. This old-time radio drama was made for fans by fans.
That's right, friends. Why are you smoking anything other than dromedary cigarettes? That's D-R-O-M-E-D-A-R-Y, dromedary cigarettes. The smoke with only one hump. Regular smokers will tell you that dromedaries are a light smoke, easy on the draw and easy on the throat. In a recent test, regular smokers smoked nothing but dromedaries for 30 days. World-famous throat specialists examined these smokers' throats and reported not one case of throat irritation caused by dromedaries. And why is that, friends? Because the tobacco in dromedary cigarettes is blended with a mixture of eucalyptus, menthol, and dextromethorphan. So, each cool, relaxing smoke coats your throat with the same ingredients as a cough drop. So remember, friends, dromedary cigarettes are proudly recommended by the American Medical Association. Dromedary cigarettes, the smoke with only one hump. Your doctor smokes them, and so should you. D-R-O-M-E-D-A-R-Y Are you smoking anything else? The Mutual Audio Network. Listening and imagining together.